Hey, I need you to close Lock the door Talk here. Radio. Can't have the feedback. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. holidays to each and every one of you that are listening tonight. I want to welcome you to a special holiday edition of Hope and Healing, Our Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight here on the Soul of America Radio Network. And from coast to coast, all over the globe, we can be heard at this hour. For those of you that are listening to us at 9 o'clock on the Eastern uh, Standard Time, 8 o'clock there in the Central Time Zone, our good friends in the Mountain Time Zone is at 7 o'clock, and there in the Pacific Time Zone at 6. But wherever you may be, we welcome you to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Uh, For those of you that are listening for the very first time, I want you to know that this show is designed with you in mind. It's a show that deals with the issues of abandonment, abuse, rejection, domestic violence, physical violence, emotional violence, spiritual abuse. It deals with anything that has dealt with divorce, loss, grief, abandonment, rejection, isolation, any of those things that have caused hurt and injury. And our whole point is to raise a sense of not only awareness, but to raise a sense of hope and to begin the process of healing, because it's through hope and healing that we can find that journey to wholeness. Once again, my name is J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad to be aboard today with you. Now, for those of you that are listening by way of the Internet, that is www.soulofamericaradio.com. I'm so glad that you've joined us, and you simply go there to the Hope and Healing tab, and you click, and you get us. Those of you that may be listening by phone or desire to listen by phone so that you can not only listen but also be a guest with a question and a comment, simply dial area code 323-784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us. That is how you find us right here tonight on this great Soul of America radio network. I'm so glad that you have joined us tonight right here two days before Christmas here and um uh, 
What an opportunity. What an opportunity not only to share, what, not, what an opportunity to also be a part of something that I think is so important. Right about now, uh, we're dedicating this show because we understand that as much as this is the holiday season, as much as this is the time that we are celebrating and that there's a spirit of giving in the air and peace on earth and goodwill toward all men, we also recognize for many this is a very, very, uh, very hard time of the year. It's a time of great pain. It's a time of great injury. It's a time of great loss. And oftentimes many people are suffering probably at their worst right about now because there's a loved one that is gone. There's someone that was significant to them that's no longer here. And so we're, we're sensitive to those things. And by the same token, beloved, we understand that oftentimes right in the heart of this holiday season, there's tragedy that strikes our land, that, uh, that strikes our community and our cities. And as a result of those tragedies, what we find ourselves dealing with is that those that are hurting, those that are, uh, are hurting, those that are abused, those that are dealing with just so much loss and grief and pain, and we want to reach out to those individuals because it is through these type of experiences that we also can find strength that we can find solace, that we can become whole again. It is through these type of experiences that we can find ourselves back on that journey to healing. And that's what this is really all about. I want you to understand that we have a responsibility one toward another. We have a responsibility to make a difference. All over, we know that people are hurting. How do you know they're hurting? They're hurting because it shows. They're hurting because of the fact they've lost someone. They're hurting because of relationships that are broken up at seemingly an opportune time. They're hurting all over because of the fact this issue is bigger than oneself. This issue is bigger than one's uh, situation. This issue is an issue that we must address. It can no longer afford to go unnoticed. It must go uh, addressed by those of us that will dare to stand up and to speak out and against these type of things. So I say to you tonight that even as you listen here tonight, this is an opportunity for you to make a difference. This is an opportunity for you to stand up. This is an opportunity for you to be counted. It's an opportunity for you to stop the bleeding and the bloodshed, an opportunity to make a difference inside of so many things. And so as I say that to you tonight, I just simply want you to know that we have a responsibility to do so. So once again, let me give a shout-out to so many that are listening tonight. I want to give a shout-out to those that may be listening, those of you from the Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship family. That's one of our Facebook pages there in our Facebook fellowship. I want to say good evening to you and welcome to Hope and Healing. To those of you that may be or listening, uh, that may be through the domestic violence, it is your business page. I want you to know that we welcome you, and we welcome your input. We welcome your support. We welcome you to be a part of this process because it is it is uh, important that you are a part of this process. So as we reach out to you today, we just simply want you to know that we are the difference maker. We are. When we collectively come together and understand that we refuse to take no for an answer, that we refuse to see another family uh, uh, suffer at the hands of domestic violence and abuse, these times are trying for so many. These times are trying for those that are going through. These times are trying for those that have suffered at the hands of individuals. And we have to stand up and become our brothers and our sisters keeper in this time. So I'm challenging each and every one of you that are listening tonight uh, to join in 
Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, text them if you would, email them if you would, let them know that Hope and Healing is on the air tonight. Now, this is what I want to do tonight, and those of you that desire to call in, area code 323-784-9638, that's how you reach us, area code 323-784-9638. You can reach us uh, by calling that number. There are so many things that are happening around us, even here as close as it is to Christmas, there are tragedies and travesties that are happening all over, and we continue to see it playing itself out in our communities. We're seeing it play itself out. Families, even at this hour, are dealing with the loss of loved one and the loss of life. I'm telling you what I know. They're crying. They're hurting. They're in pain because of the uh, because of what they are dealing with. They're in pain because of the fact that there are loved ones that are gone, that have been, uh, lives have been snuffed out even in this hour, even in this time, even at this moment, and we have a responsibility, come on, let's say it together, responsibility to respond to this. We have a responsibility because of the fact there are lives that are changed, and there are people that uh, will be affected, I mean, for generations to come because of the fact of the plight of abuse and violence that we're seeing played out in our communities, in our cities. And I'm telling you, it doesn't take a break. It does not take a break simply because it's the holiday season. It does not take a break because of Christmas. It doesn't take a break because of Hanukkah. It doesn't take a break because of Kwanzaa. It doesn't take a break because of any of those days that we celebrate. But it tends to escalate. It tends to even increase inside of its occurrence. So each and every one of us have a responsibility we have a responsibility to be our brothers and our sisters' keeper. And I need to know tonight that you're there and that you're listening and that you're part of the solution because we have to stand up and be part of that solution. Everyone is not having a Merry Christmas. Everyone is not on that page tonight simply because of the fact we're dealing with a whole set of situations. We're dealing with hurt. We're dealing with pain. We're dealing with abuse. We're dealing with people that oftentimes feel that they're by themselves. They feel like no one cares. They feel like that no one is concerned about their plight. And that's where we come in, people. We are our brothers and our sisters' keeper. Even in this hour, and I, I'm going to continue to say that, even in this hour where we're seeing people that are just absolutely being devastated, they're devastated, even most recently. And it's amazing the news that travels, and we see news even that is being conveyed even via uh, Facebook and other social medias, sad tragedies that are happening all around us simply because of the fact people will not listen, people will not uh, treat, people will not love, people will not do those things that are necessary in order to make a difference in one's life. And I'm telling you that this is critical. This is a critical time. It's a critical moment that even now, that at such a vulnerable time, at a time that people would normally be rejoicing, their families, that even as I'm speaking tonight, that are trying to plan funeral arrangements for their loved ones because of senseless violence, because of abuse and hurt and pain that should never be, because of the fact of, of one not valuing another's life. This should not be. We have to stand up. Listen, it's not enough to have a bunch of hallelujahs in the church and have nothing of substance outside of the church. It is our hour to stand up. It is our hour to take responsibility. It is our hour to really understand that the dynamics of domestic violence affects every home. And it does. It doesn't care about your title. It doesn't care about your position. It doesn't care about your experience. It doesn't care about your religiosity at all. These things are critical. 
They're critical in this day and hour. And if we refuse to say anything, if we refuse to talk about it, if we refuse to go, if we refuse to stand up, it doesn't go away. It simply continues to spread, and it goes unnoticed. Uh, but I am here to share with you tonight that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to one another. We have a responsibility to make a difference. But we have to. We have to be about our Father's business, and that business is to make a difference as it relates to the issue of domestic violence. There is no excuse for it. We have to stand up and stand, stand, up and stand strong <clears throat> as it relates to this issue of domestic violence. You listen to J.R. Thicklin and you listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and I welcome you tonight once again. Now, those of you that are trying to reach us, and perhaps you want to reach us by way of the World Wide Web, uh, you can, www.soulofamericaradio.com, or those of you that are listening uh, by way of radio, or by, uh, should I say by phone, area code 323-784-9638. Maybe you have a question or comment and you just simply want to contribute to this uh, show tonight. We welcome you to do so. In a great way. Now, listen, there are so many things that are happening. And for many, when things are going good with them, that's all that matters. But I challenge you to understand that we have to go beyond. We have to go beyond our, our normal. We have to go beyond those things that are convenient. And we must stand up and begin to speak out. We have to. Lives are on the line. People on the line. Children are going to – children are without their parents. Children are without their mothers. This is an epidemic in our community, in our society. It doesn't go away just like that. We have to be willing to stand and tell the story. We have to be willing to stand because if we don't stand up and speak out, let me tell you, the next generation will go untouched. The next generation will go without having someone that is willing to stand and be the voice of reason. We have to stand and be willing to stand and know that and in standing that we do not stand alone, but we stand knowing that this is the right thing to do. We must stand and do the things that are, that are necessary uh, in terms of this plight of domestic violence. We have to do the things that are necessary because failure to do so, failure to act upon it, is also like simply giving a death sentence. It's saying that... Um, uh, it's like saying that it doesn't matter. It's like saying that it's not important enough. Well, it becomes very important when it's your family member. It becomes very important when you see the lives of young people and families that are that are uh, totally that are impacted by this issue. We have to stand up and do something about it. So tonight, I want to dedicate this show to those of you that you may be struggling inside of some things. This could be a very terrible and awful time for so many. You know, around this time of year, uh, the holiday season the loved ones that are gone on, uh, loss of life, those things that are very emotional. And we simply want to be able to get through it. So uh, we're here to listen. We're here to uh, pray if we have to. We are here to make a difference inside of your situation. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And I'm your host, J.R. Thickman. I'm so very glad that you've joined us. Now, those of you that may want to email your question in the comments, you can also email us at Hope and Healing. You can email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J, T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N, at soulofamericaradio.com. That is one of the ways you can reach us tonight. We're here for you tonight, and we'll be right back right after this break. Hopefully we'll take your calls if you desire to call in tonight. Once again, area code 323-784-9638. That's how you can reach us right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. I'll see you on the other side of the break.
healing, a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio, LLC. This is the one and only Soar. domestic violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody. You can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at one 323 Seven eight four nine six three eight. This is the one and only Soar. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight on this Soul of America radio network. Once again, uh, for those of you that may be listening for the very first time, we are a show that is dedicated to the issue of abuse, abandonment, uh, rejection, isolation, trauma. We're dedicated to those issues that have brought about of loss due to domestic violence from any type of abuse or hurt. And we have uh, had this platform in which we continue to not only raise this issue to empower, to educate, but also a place of hope and healing. Uh, as you know, each and every week we're on uh, every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m., 
Eastern Time. And this platform is there because oftentimes we have specific subject matters we talk about, but always with the caveat that it's always open mic and open line to those. And so we're talking about tonight uh, the fact that this is a holiday season, and yet it's still for many people the issue around the holiday, uh, especially around Christmas, could be one that is very uh, hurtful, very painful, very sad because of loss of loved ones, whether it's due to violence or other things that have happened uh, in the year around this time of year. And so one of the things that we like to deal with even inside of it is tonight that we're not only taking testimonials, uh, but tonight we're listening to your stories. Perhaps you want to give some type of remembrance to a loved one, uh, someone that was lost, uh, and that you might want to share a story about. Tonight is about hope and healing. And so those of you that are listening by way of the internet that's www.soulofamericaradio.com and go to the tab there that says hope and healing or for those of you that are listening by way of the phone call area code 323-784-9638 know that you can listen and or you can also be a guest simply by hitting the number one on your keypad that lets our producer know that you like to get on the air with a question and a comment and we'll get you right on the airway but mainly, I want to look to you tonight. I want to, this show is with you in mind in addressing this issue of domestic violence that, unfortunately, it doesn't take a winter break. It doesn't take a break for Christmas, Thanksgiving. It doesn't take a break for Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. It continues to happen. As a matter of fact, tragedy of violence of every sort is still happening even less than two days away from Christmas. So it's not uh, something that goes away simply because of holiday. As a matter of fact, too often it tends to escalate. So that's what we're about tonight. If you'd like to have a question or comment, just simply hit the uh, one on your keypad and we'll get you there and uh, we'll acknowledge your call and we'll get you on the airway. There's so much that's happening uh, uh, that is dealing with this issue of domestic violence. It is happening. It's rampant. It doesn't discriminate against uh, us because of color, ethnicity, economic, social status or any of those things and yet it's still in our communities we have really shone away from the subject matter and we must do some things to change that as you know uh, we continue to raise the awareness through education and forums symposium we do it through the arts or whatever way that God allows us to do it through our working through our churches and faith base but also working through art entertainment drama any of those things to raise this issue because it is real. And I want you to know tonight that uh, it is real. And from time to time, our different guests and different callers shed a light on it. And we want uh, to continue to welcome that and your input tonight. Once again, if you'd like to uh, be on the air, just area code uh, 323-784-9638. That's the number you dial. Hit the number one on the key. Pad that lets our producer know that you want to come on the air, and we will get you on the air tonight. So even as you're there tonight, uh, we're going to go to the line, and we're going to bring on our guests tonight, one of our callers tonight, number ended in 2207. Good evening, and welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. You're on the air. Hello. How are you doing, Pastor Victor? I am doing just great. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. I am so glad to have you on the air, and definitely I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, and uh, definitely uh, share with us tonight, uh, being on the airways with us, share with us tonight, uh, audience here at Hope and Healing, A Journey to Oldness. Well, thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. And, you know, usually this time of year, for even for survivors of domestic violence, it's, it's really difficult, the holidays, um, as uh, most of us know, um, are always ruined when you're in a domestic violence situation. Um, 
You know, there's never a, a happy uh, holiday or a Merry Christmas that you don't really look forward to it, even after you've come out of it. You know, there are some times when you just reflect back to, you know, um, when you were going through those times, and, and it's kind of sad sometimes. Absolutely. You know, it's one thing, uh, you know, on last week's show, I kind of talked about that a little bit because of the fact, you know, the holiday time could be a very perplexed thing for a victim of domestic violence, a survivor. I mean, because in the midst of seeing everyone else just seem like they're enjoying themselves, oftentimes you're dealing with the horrors of what, you're, what you have had to deal with. You're dealing with the fact that, you know, oftentimes, you know, I can't express myself. I'm in hiding. Uh, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know who I can trust. Uh, you know, there are so many dynamics that are going on. So for many people that are in this situation or surviving, it's not necessarily a whole, whole, whole Merry Christmas. It's one that's oftentimes uh, the stress is uh, is compounded. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I've been, um, you know, out of my situation. I've suffered it for 27 years, and I've been out of the situation since 2002. And, you know, it's still, this time of year, even for me as a survivor, it's still, um, I don't know. It's, it's really odd um, that after all of this time, um, the effects that domestic violence, the lasting effects of domestic violence um, has on a person. And I also, this is Cynthia Wilson, by the way, the playwright yeah. of the live stage production, Battered But Not Broken. You know, for me, it is um, doubled in, the, in, in, in its being compound for me. My, my niece, 19-year-old niece, was actually shot six times and murdered by her boyfriend in 2008. And so for me, you know, the sadness of, and sometimes guilt pastor, you know, that yeah. she didn't make it and I did make it, you know, it's uh, it's very difficult uh, right now. You know, Cynthia, and as you say that, and I want those that are maybe tuning in, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And we actually have on the line tonight, uh, and I'm so glad that she called in, this is Cynthia Wilson. She is the playwriter of, of the play, and this is a play that is uh, that is taking the nation. It is going through the nation. And uh, you've got you've got to listen very carefully. She's going to give some information, you know, uh, battered but not broken. And, 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 and this play, and we talk about, you know, you, you talked about the fact of not only surviving your own situation, but you talked about the fact of your 19-year-old niece at the time and, 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 and unfortunately, the brutal, the, the brutal uh, murder that she suffered at the hands of this. And yet and still out of your pain, God has used you to write a, uh, a, a stage play addressing this issue of domestic violence. Please take the time to share with the audience uh, about how you came to that. You, you start off talking about what happened to your to your niece and stuff, and but please continue because I think for so many that are listening and so many people that may feel helpless and hopeless and what do I do, and even those that have come through it, now that I'm out of it, do, am I just rejoicing that I'm out of it? But what do I do with that? That thing inside of me that keeps saying I got to do more. I don't want anyone else to suffer again. I if I could stop someone else from going down that road, what do they do with that? And and I think that you're a perfect person to talk about that because you use something that God has given you, and you turn it into an instrument of healing. So please share with our audience about that. Absolutely. Like I said, I suffered it for 27 years, and even after I came out of it. You know, it is such a taboo subject when you feel alone going through it. And, 
you know, you just really don't think that anybody will ever believe what you have to say because these guys are quite charismatic and outgoing and, you know, everybody loves them. And so you really don't feel like you can um, share the information with anybody concerning what happened to you. But then when my niece got killed, I knew that I had to do something to give back to other victims suffering through domestic violence. And, you know, I used my God-given talent um, to sit down and begin to uh, type, and this extraordinary story came out, Better But Not Broken. We've done the production nine times uh, with wow. Grammy Award-winning Ann Nesby. She played the wow. mother in our production. And uh, Shelly Garrett, that wrote Beauty Shop and Barbershop, actually directed um, the first wow. four productions. And um, that was our first production, so I knew that this production would have to be anointed, uh, you know, to get that kind of acclaim the first time out. And, um, wow. you know, just on stage, it just shows you how we're chosen, how we, when you are a person um, that sends off the endorphins to a batter, he picks them up really quickly. He knows that he can victimize you. Wow. Uh, absolutely. I wrote this production, and we're going to be bringing it to the Miramar Cultural Center January the 24th and 25th in Miramar, Florida, uh, co-sponsored by the Vice Mayor, Alexandra P. Davis. She has stepped out on faith, and, you know, we hope and pray and believe that other cities will take her lead and continue for us to educate through the arts. This is an, a production that evokes positive conversation about a taboo subject, and it's something that we have to talk about, Pastor. You know, we cannot change Absolutely. what we don't talk about. And anything, exactly. I'm also a scientist by education. I am a forensic scientist, and we all know that anything that is kept in the dark, bacteria grows greatly in the dark. But as Absolutely. soon as you shed light on it, you'll watch it die. Wow. You know, and that's what we're doing with this production. We're shedding light on the subject of domestic violence, and we're not going to tolerate abuse to anyone, anywhere, for any reason. You know, it just has to stop. And in order for it to stop, you know, we have to break the silence. You know, you brought up some very important things, and I want to make sure uh, that those of, that are listening tonight, especially particularly those of listening in the South Florida area, and those of you that may be listening across the country that may have relatives or loved ones or friends that are in the South Florida area, this production, uh, uh, Broken But Not, uh, no, let me make sure I got it right. Uh, is it, let me make sure I got it right. It is Broken Battered but not broken. Battered but not broken. I always want to get that right. Battered but not broken. Here's a production that, I mean, you've had uh, Grammy Award winning Ann Nesbitt, who has played uh, a, a leading character in this play. You've had the influence yeah. of, uh, uh, of different ones. Uh, who, who's that uh, writer of a uh, director Shelly of Garrett. a beauty shop? Right. That's right. So so you've mm-hmm. had them, and, and, and this production have already gone out nine times and have gained a lot of, uh, not only a lot of momentum, but a lot of uh, favorable reviews. And that uh, space production is coming to 
Miramar. That's in South Florida, the Miramar. Uh, so it's coming down to Miramar, and the dates once again is January. Give those dates out again. 24th and 25th, yes. January 24th and 25th are the dates that this uh, stage play is coming to Miramar, Florida, battered but not broken. Now, those of you that are listening to me tonight, I am going to need your help to help promote this play. Uh, And uh, you're going to begin to see me uh, post this, more about this, on each one of our Facebook pages. So those of you that are following us by way of Facebook, uh, uh, our Domestic Violence, it is your business page, as well as our Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship page, as well as the uh, uh, I'm going to put it on the uh, Soul of Selma page. I'm going to put it on also my main page, uh, the uh, Jay Ficklin page on Facebook. But I want you to do the same. I'm going to have you to do exact same thing as well. I want you to also put that page out there. I want you to attach it and share it, and we're going to do all that we can concerning this. Now, uh, Cynthia, I have to come back to your story and everything. I know we we have some other callers out there, and I'm quite sure they have questions for you or they want to share, and that's perfectly all right. Those of you that are listening will get you on the air. But here is the situation, and you said something earlier that I think is so important, because oftentimes, uh, not only as survivors, but also time as family members or relatives or friends of, uh, of, of victims of abuse, we oftentimes can feel a sense of guilt uh, in uh-huh. terms of, 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 of what we could do or what we didn't do or what we felt that we should have done but didn't do and type of thing. And I, I want you to kind of just talk about that because even sometimes having knowledge of the situation does not necessarily – delivers that person out of the danger of it. And so I said that to say this, that oftentimes if we understand that they have a knowledge of it, doesn't necessarily give 100% proof that they will get out, that their loved one will get out of it, we can only understand how greatly their chances of not getting out is increased when there is no communication and you have no knowledge of it whatsoever. So I want you to kind of explain some of the dynamics and some of the things that you felt and that uh, which is uh, is very common among many of us that have been related or have dealt with this situation. Uh, kind of explain the dynamics of those different array of feelings that one's go, one goes through when these type of things happen. Absolutely. You know, I know that uh, now, you know, researching the issue of domestic violence, um, made me understand why I stayed 27 years. And I find that, you know, you can tell somebody going through domestic violence, you need to get out. It's time to leave, you know. But that person that is suffering that domestic violence has to come to that conclusion themselves. There is really, and they're not ready to leave. Uh, Statistically, it shows that a woman will leave her abuser seven times before she'll finally leave for good. And she has to come to the realization that it's happening because we as victims of domestic violence are in love with the idea of who he pretended to be. See, that's what happens. The abuser will groom us, and they make Mm -hmm. you fall in love with something that is not real. And it is hard to let go of that fantasy. But once that fantasy is gone and she no longer feels the same, she will do what she needs to do, which is have a methodical plan 
You know, you this isn't something because people just think, well, I don't understand. Why don't you just leave? It's not that easy. You know, not you that really easy have at all. to plan. Oh, absolutely not. You have to plan because these guys, my viewer said, even after 27 years, if you ever leave me, I'll kill you. Because that is the most dangerous time, even through 27 years of horrible abuse. The time when it gets the most dangerous is when you make the decision to leave. And you have to have a methodical, well-planned escape. Because, you know, when he is in fear of everybody finding out who he is and not who he pretends to be, that's when he is the most dangerous, he is the most terrified, because everybody will know that he's been a liar. Absolutely. And he will do anything he can to ensure that not happening. Exactly. And it just goes to show you really how deep down the control and the selfishness is because they're willing to even take one's life to protect the lie that they have been perpetrating all along. That's exactly and to, right. And they'll and, take their own life most of the time. Exactly. And so we see that happening so often inside of these dynamics. And so one thing that you said that is so important, and I often try to echo this with people, is the fact that it's not as easy as said as it is done. Uh, it's not easy done as it is said, should I say. It's because of the fact when people say, I don't know why they stay, why don't they just leave, as if it's a matter of turning on a switch and just going, I'm out of here. But it's not that because of the fact it does. The greatest time of this thing is when they leave. And if you don't have a plan, you actually can set yourself up for even greater pain and greater hurt. And so it's not that easy. Even when it comes to helping someone that's in the situation, you know, though well-intentioned, you've got to be ready and willing to walk with this person in one way or another because it's not a matter of just saying get out. It goes beyond that. And so those are the things that are so critical. Absolutely, and he will do whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. Children, family members, there is a piece of paper. The domestic violence petition is not enough to stop him uh, from doing what he wants to do, Uh, and he's not going to risk society knowing who he truly is because he is charismatic. Like I said, he's well-liked. He's extremely popular, and giving up that kind of attention is um, something that he's not willing to do ever, and he would rather kill than to for people to know who he really is. And, you know, this is a dangerous situation. I spoke about my niece being shot six times. After wow. it happened to her, my girlfriend's daughter went to her mom and told her she was suffering the same kind of abuse, and her mother told her, go home, get her things, and come to her house. Well, her abuser caught her packing. He held her down and poured lighter fluid down her throat and set her on fire alive. My God. And, you know, we have to understand that this is no game. You have to really make up in your mind if you're going to leave, and you feel like you need to take things. When I left, I didn't even take a toothbrush. I left everything. And, you know, you're going to have to take, you know, clothes at a time, a little bit in your car every day. You know, you're going to have to hide money. You're going to have to figure out if if he is a very um, much controlling person, as most of these guys are, 
They watch every dime. They want to make sure that you are uh, without any means in order to leave them. But you have, you know, you have to find things on sale and put the money back. And I mean, there are ways to get out of it without losing your life. But you really have to be smart. You have to have a plan. You can't just think that you're just going to up and tell him, inform him, well, I'm leaving because he that's when he's the most dangerous. Absolutely. And one thing that I like to interject on is that oftentimes that is the part that, you know, and we talk about this because domestic violence can't be handled. It cannot be handled like just any other marital relationship problem. No. no. One of the things that happens that so many times, and I often tell victims is the one thing you don't want to do is be announcing to this person, well, I'm leaving you, because the fact no. they take it as a threat, and the moment that they feel threatened, they are going to now do everything in their power to make sure that you do not expose them, that you do not, that you do not leave them. And even, and I've heard victims say to me, say, well, I told them I don't want to do nothing but leave, you know, he doesn't have to give me that, but I just want to leave. Well, yeah. although that is that is noble in what you're saying, for them, the fact of you leaving automatically still exposes them because the question is going to be asked of you, what happened? Why did you leave? Exactly. And that and means only... that you now have to reveal concerning them, and that they will not have. Absolutely. And not only that, but you announcing to them that you're going to do anything but what he tells you to do, is showing him defiance. It is showing him, you know, rebellion. And he's not going to tolerate that. If he has been controlling you up until this point, the fact for you to be able to have a thought on your own that he didn't tell you to have is completely going to misalign his way of thinking. And he's going to panic because he has to get you while you're there. Once you leave, he doesn't know where you are. He has to track you down. That's too much work for him. You know, he, he likes to have complete control of your mind. And, you know, I tell people this, because the Lord gave me a word about this, and people say, well, why don't you just leave? The body cannot function without the head. If the head does not tell the body to move, guess what? <laughs> it's not going to move. And her mind has to be in the mindset that she's serious about leaving. And when you become serious about leaving, you know you just can't threaten them. You know, that's not going to whip them into shape saying, well, I'll leave you. He takes that as a direct defiance, and he will do whatever he has to to ensure you not being able to carry out that threat. Absolutely. You know, you're giving some very important information here, and I'm so glad that you are. Uh, those of you that are listening tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. We have with us tonight on the line uh, uh, a very special guest. She wasn't introduced as a guest, but she's called in, and definitely we're going to have her back again. But this is Cynthia Wilson. She is the uh, play writer uh, for the play that is called Battered But Not Broken. Here's a national stage play that is making its way around the country. And for those of you that are in the South Florida area, it is going to be in Miramar, January 24th and 25th of the new year, 2014. And you need to mark your calendars. We're going to give you more information. We're going to put it on the air. Uh, uh, Cynthia, we have a couple of other callers there to hear, and I'm quite sure they have a question or comment for you. And I'm going to bring on a caller number ending in uh, 696. I believe this is our dear friend uh, Gloria. 
Uh, welcome. You're on the air with Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Good evening, Gloria. Good evening, Pastor Sicklin. As always, it's always a, a joy to you know to call in and and to hear you know um, you know what a phenomenal um, session this is this evening. And um, as you were talking, I was just you know a lot of things I just reflected on on stuff that I had gone through in my domestic you know my domestic violence um, relationship that had occurred, you know, I dated this person for, you know, at least three years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as Cynthia was talking about being, um, you have to be very tactful and um, you can't just threaten this the individual saying that you're going to leave. And um, I, I know exactly what she was saying because that was, that was my position. I couldn't tell him that I was leaving. I just had to be tactful and say, okay, well, this is my plan. But I had to get to a point where, okay, enough is enough. Because I remember the night that he was over me, and, you know, um, it was pitch dark, and I was looking in his eyes, and his eyes were black, like a, you know, a demonic spirit had took over him because his goal was to kill me and get away with it, because I did make a comment to him one time, you know, you would kill me, go eat a bowl of cereal, and act like everything's okay, you know. Um, And he he didn't bat an eye or anything, because it's like that that was his mindset. And so I said, okay, well, when I decided to leave and get out, I was like, okay, okay, God, you just give me the strength. I ain't going this way again. You know, and I dated this person for quite some time. You know, we dated off and on uh, roughly about three times, you know, in the course of of some years. So I'm like, okay, this is what I have to do. And I went, and he was in church, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but and he was and he was that chameleon. He would look, you know, all decked down, you know, and. To, and to everybody in the church, but he was a tyrant behind closed doors. He was a trained boxer, so he could hit you, but not leave the mark, but do enough, but do enough damage to you, you know, to make, to let you know I'm I'm gonna get you, you know, when you least expect it. So, um, but I, I I'll never forget the day, you know, and this was in October of 2010. He had to go to church. I said, okay, I'm gonna wait. And, then, you know, and I'm late, I'm sitting in the room. He's like, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm, fine, perfect, you know, because I'm not going to let him, let him think that, you know, um, you know, I'm leaving. But as soon as wow. he darted that door and I went and I made sure he was good and gone, you know, 15 minutes felt like eternity, you know. Wow. But um, I, I, I called my dad. I said, Dad, come get me. And because uh, he did, he doubled back and Wow. So I was like, okay. I was like, okay, you know. And and he's like, are you all right? He's like, yeah. Because in his heart, he felt like I was going to be there. You know, when he come back home from choir rehearsal, I'm going to be there. Everything good, you know. That honeymoon phase, you know. Um, Wow. And and he wanted to act like everything was cool and all this. And I I played along with it. I I played his card because that's how I had to do it. Because if I said I was going to leave you, he was going to kill me, and I knew that. So um, I was like, okay, I'm going to be tactful. I'm going to play this hand. I said, as soon as he hit that door, I'm getting out. 
I I grabbed maybe one or two things and I left and that was it and that was the end of that. But I just you know I'm so thankful and I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm just listening to everything because I was that woman that would you know in in my article I would dart past some deacons you know who wouldn't look in in their faces and see. First, I love to sing. I love to glorify God with my voice, you know. And when they didn't see that glow, you know, <laughs> my name is Gloria and my nickname is Glow. So, wow. you know, when they didn't see that anymore, it's like something's wrong with her. But, of my course, mind. I would deny it, you know. I would deny it and I would say, it'll be okay. And I'm just going to keep praying for him. But that brother did not want to change because his exact words was, I'm not going to change, and I don't want to change. I said, okay, well, that's enough for me. Wow. And In I other was, words, that have to beat your whole cow to let, let you know it's beef. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia, you're yeah. on the line still. What yeah. would you say? I know that you heard some familiar things there from Gloria's call, and she actually uh, accented and uh, uh, some of the points that you made in terms of even leaving. She talked about uh, being tactful, and she described some other things. What, what would you say to her in terms of that? Uh, and I will say that uh, Gloria has uh, made some tremendous strides now. She's uh on the beat uh, in her advocacy, and uh, she's, she's uh, like yourself and many others, have turned that pain and is turning that pain into power. Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Cynthia, are you still there? Yes. I would say congratulations to Gloria. And, you know, I would just say that, you know, as a victim of domestic violence, you have to become, which is what she did, you have to take on the characteristics of the batter. You have to become just as sweet and wonderful and loving. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want out, you got to become who he is, who he pretends to be to other people. You got to wow. make him think that everything is just great, fix him dinner, you know, make everything wonderful. He cannot see it coming. No indication wow. whatsoever. And you really have to be smart. And she was very smart. You know, she, she said she only grabbed a couple of things. You don't have time to get all the photos and stuff that you brought to the apartment. <laughs> you get ready to go. If you have to take things, then you can get very little, but you got to get out with your life. And she, was, she did it right. Absolutely. Well, I'm always glad when we have people to share and I, and I continue to do great work in terms of it because, see, the next step is what we're seeing happening now is that to get out, not only share that story, but to advocate because there are too many other people that are that are left behind inside of this, and we have to get it to happen. You listen to Hope and Healing Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and you're listening on the Soul of America Radio Network. We have a very special guest here uh, tonight, Miss Cynthia Wilson, who is the playwright of the play, Battered But Not Broken, the national stage play that is making its way around the country. And for those of you that are listening in the South Florida area, I have family, friends, and relatives in that area. That play is going to be coming to the city of Miramar, January 24th and 25th. We're going to have more about this play right after this break, and we'll begin to some other callers right after this break. You listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 7849638 you give Jay a call right now and now back to the show to share experiences of 
being a victim of domestic violence and becoming a victor. And absolutely. I agree, um, absolutely, and I agree that the most dangerous time occurs when the victim decides to leave, okay? And the victim, yes, surely needs a thoroughly executed plan to escape. Um, for instance, in, in my past experience, often during physical, verbal, and sexual and mental abuse for almost 10 years, I had to hop a plane and relocate to another country on the same day the restraining order was lifted. Wow. And my abuser had no idea that I was planning this escape. My mind. Not whatsoever. The point Sister Cynthia and Gloria pointed out is that you cannot let the abuser know. And I think many women are tempted um, you know, maybe tempt in an abusive um, environment to say, you know, I'm just going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to leave him. He's his mm-hmm. he's, he's nobody. And that is the most dangerous thing that, you know, they could ever do. But, again, oh. they they are ignorant of this fact. They don't, they don't know any better. And as a result, then many of them, you know, lose their lives in the process. But one other thing I wanted to bring out, which is a significant point, Okay, is that the true the true covering for me and the strength for me came from my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Absolutely. During that time in escape, and I I know without a shadow of a doubt, without Him, um, you know, in my life and being a Lord and Savior, I, I would not be alive today. Because my abuser, he actually he told me how he was going to kill me. First he told me he was going to kill me. And he said how he was going to do it. And he explained in explicit details that he was going to wait till I was in the tub, taking a bath, and then he was going to choke me to death. Okay? And I would like to say also to the listeners out there, if your abuser, they made statements or make a remark like, I'm, look, I'm going to kill you if you do so, 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 whatever. Take it seriously. Do not take it lightly. Okay, so that's that's the point. Well, I guess I could say a lot, but that's the same points that I wanted to, wow. you know, point out tonight. Well, you know, and I, I really appreciate you for sharing because even there, and since uh-huh. you're still on the line, and, you know, once again, and, and here's the thing. Now, we we can look at this in so many ways. But I, I'm one that will say uh, that, you know what, it is a spirit. I mean, only a spirit can behave in the same way regardless uh-huh. of the individuals. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, only a spirit can do that. Uh, I mean, I mean, literally, I mean, she had to leave the country, uh-huh. go somewhere else, uh, you know, in order to just to get safe. And yet it's still that same spirit, same characteristics uh, that existed where she was have existed everywhere inside of that. I mean, uh, you've heard her. She she talked about some things, but she also talked about the importance of her faith. And we know that, you know, once again, faith can shape uh, shape our decisions and our perception in many ways. Some people are bound by their faith. Other people are liberated by their faith. If you'd like to definitely uh, expand on that, if you would, Cynthia, uh, as we entertain our callers' uh, comments. Absolutely. You know, you cannot fight a spirit with flesh. You have to fight spirit with spirit. And it is important that we as men and women of God know that. 
And when you are going through this situation, a lot of times you can't go to just anybody, but you can always go to God. And you can always receive a head of protection and be covered in the blood. And and know that God is going to give you complete instruction on how to get out. You know, we as men and women of God need to realize that he can do all things but fail. And when you are listening to his instruction, obedience is the, is the key. No, you cannot, you know, fight these spirits with telling them, I'm leaving. If you do this again, you put your hands on me again, I'm out of here. It's over. You might as well hang it up. You have got to be smart. These spirits are cunning. You know, the young lady earlier, Gloria, that spirit felt something about her that she was leaving. She said he doubled back. Right. You got to mm-hmm. do things just like you got to do it like you just went like you went to work yesterday. If you made the plan to leave and he drops you off at work, you got to go to work tomorrow. You got to kiss him goodbye. You got to tell him have a nice day. You got to tell him you'll see him later. And you got to have a plan on the other end of that building. When he pulls off the parking lot, you go through the building. They've already got everything that you need, and they're going to be taking you to the airport or someplace safe. But he cannot know what your plan is. You cannot let that abuser know what you're going to do. Wow. That that is so important, and and we say that with great caution because of the fact so many times in in, in our emotion. And I'm not telling a a victim that they shouldn't have emotion, but we need to understand uh-huh. that in cases like this, we have to be <laughs> wise as serpents and harmless as doves, and uh you know, and we have to be there. And because of the fact we can't, and here's another scripture: we can't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. Absolutely. Because of the fact uh, the the enemy, the moment out of your emotions where you saying because now you're reversing this thing you're literally he's taking this as a uh, threat uh you know if you do this again this is what i'm going to leave if you do this again i tell you what if you don't get it right i'm going to do this and um you know uh (laughs) and and if you take it that way and you go off that route the only thing you're going to do is incite this person even more. They're going to double. They're going to double down on you now, and you really are stirring up the hornet's nest. Oh yes, and there are ways out, Pastor. Now, I had a I had a um, woman to get in contact with me. Her daughter. She hadn't seen her daughter in eight or nine months, and she got in contact with me. And part of my instinct was, of course, I'm an investigator. But most of my instinct is because I have a great sense of discernment. And she said, he will not let me talk to my daughter. He will not answer the door for my brother. I said, oh, you can't see your brother. She said, well, what am I going to do? I said, you're going to get in contact with his probation officer. We talked to the probation officer in California. She said, well, we just can't go over there without cause. You know, we, we do visits or he's supposed to come here to our office. And I said, then I want you to have somebody to dress up like a serviceman from the gas station. And I want you to have a police car standing by. And you go up to that house. You have the young man to go to that house. and But this is what I had the mother to do. I said, you send him an email, and you become just as sweet as sweet can be. And you're going to yeah. send him an email, and you're going to tell him that you got him something special for Christmas, and you want to send him a gift along with your daughter. I said, because he's very arrogant, and he's beating your pregnant daughter. 
He wants your gifts. He thinks he's entitled to them. And you're going to, you tell him that you're sending them through UPS. So he did that. So he was on the lookout for the UPS truck. So he answered the door for what he thought was the gas man. The guy goes in. He sees her daughter is beaten, pregnant. He tells him, you know, I need to go around the house. There's a leak in the, in the area. I need to go around the house and see where that leak is. Well, he left the man in who really was a police officer. He left him in. He sees the daughter. He goes, well, thank you very much. He sees her. He goes back out. He radios to the police officer. But he's waiting on the UPS truck in the meantime. So the next person that that comes to the door, he thinks it's his present. And it's a gift, all right. It's the police coming to get her out of there. And they were able to save her. Wow. And see, once again, had to be wise, had to be innovative in terms of this. And I think that is such an important lesson for so many to understand, even side of, you know, we talk about neighbors, we talk about coworkers, we talk about family members, we talk about relatives, we talk about even church members, the ones that may know that a person is going through, but they need to also understand that inside of their intervention that they, they have to have patience with that, um, with that victim. That victim might not be ready to leave just now because that victim knows better than anyone the sensitivity of this individual. They know better than anyone, really, uh, of that person's uh, propensity uh, for violence, if that's going to really cause that person to, uh, to really go off. And we have to be very careful inside of that. And so, therefore, you know, I always say that even if we're going to be there for victims, one of the things that we have to do is still learn to listen and, and, and I understand, hear what they're saying, but also hear what they're not saying, because that's exactly what the victim has to also do with the perpetrator. Hear what they're saying, but also hear what they're not saying, Absolutely. So I work for the prosecuting attorney. I'm around police officers, detectives. When I started to get tired, I thought, man, how can I get out? I know I'm not going to cover this lip today. I'm not going to cover my eyes. And when somebody asks me, that's going to be the open door for me to tell them, right? I go to work at the prosecuting attorney's office, busted eye, busted lip. I'm in the um, in the break room. I'm in the cafeteria. I'm in not one person all day long, actually. I'm looking right at somebody. My lip is not one person. I could have maybe falling down a flight of steps, but not one person asked me, what happened to you? Oh, my God. They, they would look at me and turn away. I went in the mall waiting on anybody, somebody, not one person, all day long. When I got home that night, I realized I'm in this. It's God and me. That's it. These people do not care. It's not their business. They do not want to be involved. Not one person. I went to church. Not one person asked me, what happened to you? Wow. You know, when we see those type of things happen, it is oftentimes an indicator how much people simply don't want to get involved. And yet it's still for yeah. those of us that are people of faith, we read the scripture, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? And, and literally, you know, we won't talk to you and ask you what happened, but we will talk about you once you're oh, gone. Yeah. And behind your mm-hmm. back. And, and it's one of the things that we deal with, you know, in, in a lot of my work now, helping uh, churches and uh, establish domestic violence ministries, one of the things I tell them that, listen, you know, after I've sold them on the fact why they need one, now mm-hmm. I have to get them to understand that the dynamics of it is so 
complex because it's going to require somewhat of a culture change, even in terms of the church. How do we look at the issue? How do we address the issue? Uh, what things do we now put in place to address this? And one of the things that we have to talk about is a heightened sensitivity to the issue. How is it that we can see someone come in, bust the lip, how can we see someone wearing sunglasses and, and throughout the church service and all those things, and never there's an inquiry? Never are we looking to uh, find out what's happened and how we can assist this individual. And, and we go on and we say that we're doing the work of the Lord, and we leave have had a a, a spiritual, uh, uh, you know, uh, cathart, uh, a cathartic moment, but yet it's still mm-hmm. the victim is still hurting. The perpetrator is still not being held accountable. We're still singing Zion songs, but people are yet in bondage. That's right. That's right. Uh, it has to stop. Uh, now that we are evoking conversation about it, you know, we have to continue the conversation. This isn't something that is bound to October. <laughs> you know, this absolutely. is something that we have to address 365 days a year. You know, this is something that should be a continuous conversation you know we mm. we appreciate domestic violence month but we got to exactly <laughs> absolutely and that is something that has to happen i mean those of you that are listening tonight you're listening to hope and healing a journey to wholeness i'm your host jr thicklin and we're so glad to have special guest with us tonight uh cynthia wilson who is the author the playwright of the stage play battered but not broken a national stage play that is making its way around the country critically acclaimed and has gained uh, a lot of momentum and for those of you particularly that are listening in the south florida area this play will be coming to the city of miramar and once again those dates are january 24th and 25th uh cynthia if you would uh, share just a little bit uh, more about what what is happening with this play and i want to echo the fact that those of you that are listening we need your support we need you to help get this word out uh once again i'm going to be attaching Cynthia will be sending to me to our Facebook pages and things about this play, and I need you to do the same thing. I'm going to need you to share. And then those of you that are listening, that perhaps perhaps you would like to become a sponsor. Perhaps you would like to take out an ad. Perhaps you would like to promote something that you're doing uh, in whatever way to help contribute to this. Because once again, until we invest into this situation and invest into this issue, then we're not really saying anything. Talk is cheap, but we have Amen. to put some we have to put some action behind it. So tell us a little bit more. To, uh, share with the audience a little bit more about uh, 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 you know the play coming to Miramar and some of the things that have developed along the way. How this play has caught the attention of um, of, uh, of national writers uh, as well as have had some uh, star caliber actors in this play. Absolutely, we uh, did the production uh, nine times already, and it. Um, garnered the attention of Shelley Garrett, the famous playwright for the productions um, uh, Beauty Shop and Barber Shop and um, Hair Salon. Um, Shelley is, um, you know, has gone on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You know, he is a great playwright. He directed our production. And then we had uh, Grammy Award winner Ann Nesby in the production. She played the mother to Justina Blessing, and that is the story. It is a story about Justina Blessing and Sebastian Blessing. Tickets go on sale on Tuesday, Christmas Eve, and this would make an amazing Christmas present, even though 
be going until January the 24th or 25th. Um, uh, the amazing Vice Mayor Alexandra P. Davis of Miramar has stepped out on faith, and she is co-sponsoring the production at Miramar, and she is excited about bringing this production. She's done a lot of work in the Miramar area dealing with the issue of domestic violence, and we are expecting, because my faith is abundant, and I believe that this is going to be a sold-out event. You know, people need to get their tickets on Tuesday because I am believing God that this is going to be a sold-out event and carried over for the next week because people will not be able to get tickets. We only have a little less than 2,300 tickets because we're doing three shows. We're going to be doing a show on uh, Friday at 8 o'clock, two shows on Saturday, one at 2 o'clock and one at 8 p.m. You have to get tickets at the theater. Or you can go to their website at www.miramarculturalcenter.org. You can go to our website to get more information at www.milkywayproductions.net. Well, I'm so glad that you shared. I want to make sure our listeners got that, uh, and it's so very important. Those of you that are in South Florida area, that we support this, that we get out, and uh, because I'm telling you, we must be about it. We can't just talk about it. We have to be about We have to be the instrument of change in our communities. We have to be that instrument that's going to make a difference, and it's so very important that we do. All around us, we see violence. You hear me uh, quote it all the time. That our that, that you hear me talk about all the time. That our families are torn by community. Uh, our families oh. are torn by violence. Our communities are destroyed by violence. Our faith is tested by violence. It is incumbent upon us that we address the violence that is happening in our community. And the reality Absolutely. is that when we look at domestic violence, uh, domestic violence is something that we know occurs. Frequently, it's happening all the time. Uh, some of the latest statistics says every 12 seconds a female, namely, is abused in a domestic violence situation. And yet it's still, you know, we see that one out of every four women are abused, and now the statistics say one out of every seven men are abused. But we have a pandemic going on in our society, but notice the way society entreats it. It entreats it this way because of the way we have framed this issue of domestic violence. We look so often at the fact that when it comes to random violence, you know, drive-by shooting, random violence happening. I mean, you get enough random violence and violence shootings happening, you know, everybody want to have a march. The mayors want to have a march. The pastors uh-huh. finally get together want to have a march. And yet it's still, we see the frequency and the predictability of domestic violence, and no one wants to say anything about it. No. Because there's an element, there's an element that is so different when we look at the fact of Somebody did that, and we don't know who it is. And yet it's still, we can know who's doing it when it comes to domestic mm-hmm. violence, and we don't want to invest mm-hmm. nothing into the cause. And so, therefore, we like chasing, we, we like chasing, uh, like the dog chasing his tail. We like those type things. What we don't like is standing up, addressing That's this right. issue, understanding that it is far-reaching. It's affecting children. It's affecting families. It's affecting the next generation. It is affecting our economy. It's affecting our criminal justice system. It's uh-huh. affecting our educational system. It is happening. Yes. And all around us, we're seeing it happen. I mean, even as I'm speaking today, I mean, more and more we're seeing things happen that goes beyond even almost imagination. Because, once again, 
this is not being addressed. Even in our most sacred places, this is a subject matter that oftentimes gets overlooked. We can talk about money. Uh-huh. We can talk about feeding the, feeding the hungry. Uh-huh. We can talk oh, yeah. about the prison ministry. But we won't talk about the fact of what happens when we're dealing with people that are living in a trauma-filled situation of domestic violence. Somehow or another. Have, yes, go ahead, them. Cynthia. We have not forgotten that, you know, domestic violence um, affects all, everybody. And our sequel to Battered But Not Broken is Shaken But Not Stirred, as, it, as domestic violence as it relates to men. We have not forgotten that men are also victims of domestic violence, can be and are. And what we also need to understand is, you know, we as a society will take more time Finding that perfect house, won't we? We want to make sure that the square footage is right and it has wood floors and granite countertops and we want to negotiate for the best deal that we can get. But when it comes to the person that we're going to procreate with, that we're going to marry, that we're going to live with and do all those things, we don't take that kind of time. We take more interest in time in purchasing a home than we do selecting a mate. And that has to stop with the young people. You know, it's so easy to fall victim to the quarterback. You know, we have to know, investigate the same way we would a a place to live because this is somebody that you're going to be living with. And you need to uh, talk to exes and, you know, investigate his family and know where he came from. Take some investment and understand that what you invest in determines the return, no matter what it is in life. And we have a right to ask these questions. Don't, don't get caught up in a pretty smile and, you know, the, the charismatic attitude and how he dresses, he's debonair and, you know, all these things. Mm-mm. you got to look beyond the surface because I'll tell you, if the cover gives you doubt, it's best to look inside out. You cannot afford to take the chance of getting with somebody just because, you know, the house. You know, has a little welcome mat outside and window boxes, and you might go inside. There could be faulty wiring, faulty plumbing, sand floors. You got to make sure of what you're getting yourself into because it is a long-term contract, and it's hard to get out of. Well, absolutely. Yeah, you you gave some great advice there because once again, when we fail to investigate, we often find out. Uh, we hear these phrases. I didn't know they were like that. Well, how was you going to know? You didn't. You didn't take yeah. the time to find out. And too often, we are getting into things when we're not healed ourselves, and we're looking. We're looking for the wrong things. Yes, we're looking for the wrong thing. We're looking for acceptance. We're looking for approval. We're looking for a fulfillment that we should have had independently of ourselves, and therefore. It is almost is almost without question that we often find ourselves in these situations and trying to figure out what happened. Well, what happened is that I failed to really investigate. I got caught up with all the window dressings. I oh. didn't look, as you said, I did not inspect properly. And because I did not inspect properly, this is what has become my fate. It is so much 
easier to get in than it is to get out of. But we have Amen. to give due diligence because that due diligence can make the difference between life and death. The other things I would say is that, listen, that a lot of times we have to be willing enough to, to, to understand what is that person's philosophical views. When I say philosoph- how do they even see life? What do they look Amen. at? Uh, what frames their ideal of relationship? What frames their uh-huh. ideal of women? What do they think about uh, roles uh-huh. and, and what are those roles are? How does it feel? What has been their track record? Record. Listen, I've seen too many situations happen because someone thought that they were being all of that because they took him from someone else. Really? Amen. Amen. They took him that from someone absolutely. else. Oh, true. Well, that, we have to realize too, Bishop, is this. And if you're in a relationship like that and you get out, don't be so readily to jump into a next one because until you have done work on you, you're going to send off the exact same endorphins that attracted the last guy will attract the new guy, and you're going to repeat the situation, a different face, same situation, until you are healed, until you've done work on you, that you do not send off those same endorphins that will attract an abuser. Absolutely, and, and that is why, and, and those things have to, we have to continue to raise that type of information and give out that type of education, because what are people trying to understand? We often see it happening all the time. It's why do yeah. I keep picking the same person? That uh-huh. is because you're giving off the same endorphins. Those things, things are, are, are happening. You are attracting that. You are attracting, you're attracting it. doesn't mean that you're deserving of it, but you are attracting yeah. it. And so we have to begin to examine ourselves and say, now, what is it about me? You know, uh, and often uh, talk about the fact of, you know, uh, the needy person. You get to watch it because, I mean, neediness, and when we see a person pushing for quick involvement, it's oftentimes a red flag sign as well. But we have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, are we the needy person? Uh-huh. Are we that person that just got to have someone, and and we just got to we just got to be involved with someone, and we will be involved at all costs because it's not and, worth it. The danger and the risk and Bishop, is too great. And Pastor, it is a sign of self. You know, I have learned through this in a spiritual sense. The Lord showed me that if your self are misaligned, even one self respect, self worth. Self-reliance, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-assurance. Yes. Any one of yourself are misaligned. You're headed for self-destruction. You have got to be a person that you know knows self and what self will will respect and what it won't respect, what it will um, accept and what it won't accept. And we have to know also as parents that we set the precedent for what our children. Will accept if your mother has gone through domestic violence and and she didn't uh, leave that situation. How will you then know how to handle the situation when you're faced with it? And you will be. You know, it's the thing of generational curses is something that is learned, not something you're Absolutely. born with. Something that is learned. And kids hear what we say. They believe what we do. And we as parents, if you don't want to set your children up for this, and believe me, you might. I've heard people say, well, you know, he only hit me. He, he, he didn't hit my children. Well, when he hit you, he absolutely hit your children. Absolutely. Even without his hand on them, he made an impact on them for life. Of what absolutely. 
Wow. You're hit around the head. For those of you that are listening, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. We have a very special guest here tonight, Miss Cynthia Wilson, who is the playwright and author of the stage play, Broken But Not Battered, a play that is sweeping the country, critically acclaimed. It is gaining momentum. And those of you that are listening in the South Florida area, have friends or relatives in the area, please mark your calendar. Make them aware that this stage play is coming to uh, the city of Miramar, January 24th and 25th. Uh, we have another caller on the air that wants to join us tonight. Uh, uh, caller number in and in 0210. Welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and we're getting you on the air even now. You're on the air. Welcome to Hope and Healing. Uh, you're on the air with both uh, J.R. Thicklin and Cynthia Wilson. Welcome. Hey, Pastor Thicklin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome. How you, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Ms. Wilson? I'm good. Thank you. Just just listening to your show and um, um, insight, which, which is some very good insight. You mentioned self-worth, self-reliance, and all those things. And, I mean, what are you guys talking about? Basically, you're making a lot of good points especially when we're talking about healing, the healing process, becoming whole again after being involved in these domestic violence relationships. Well, one, one of the things that, I, that come to mind when, when we talk about domestic violence and any other kind of um, disorder, so to speak, um, is that, um, that uh, codependency kind of uh, um, relationship that you develop, you know, in the, in, the, in the whole realm of um, dysfunctional relationship, mm-hmm. that codependency, that you kind of develop that codependency. Um, but the common theme that I'm hearing in this whole conversation is being able to um, heal and move past this. And what, what is most difficult is getting, I mean, getting people to not live in that situation for a long period of time that they can understand that this relationship is a, is a relationship that is unhealthy early on, you could, the sooner you can become a, a survival of domestic violence. That's, that's all I'm saying here. Um, and what happened is that when you're in this vicious cycle of abuse, that it, it kind of, take away um, your ability to think clearly, so to speak. Um, If we can get people to witness or understand that this relationship is unhealthy, then we can get people to move fastly from this this type of relationship. And that's pretty much all I have to add to well, what it sounds like you're saying, Mike, is the fact that, you know, we have to get people to realize the state of what what they're in and what they're getting into. And we have to get them to be cognizant of the fact, you know, we have to recognize patterns. We have to recognize what's going on because, you know, as we were saying a few minutes ago, you know, if we don't recognize uh, these things, we repeat these things over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and nowhere, there's no one that I know that will testify and say, you know what, man, I'm such a better person because I've been in a domestic violence situation. My yeah, mind is so, so healed because I've been there. My children are just great children because they went through that. No, no, not at all. 
The impact of no. it is so far-reaching that literally, even after you've gotten out, you're still dealing with the residual of it. Children, you have gotten out, and even the children have gotten out of it physically, but how much longer is oftentimes the impact of it that we're still in prison mentally and emotionally? And Pastor yeah. Mike, you know, this is a situation, domestic violence isn't something that you recognize um, right away. These guys yeah. can use file before they show their hand. By the time you realize what has happened, you're so far in because of his very methodical, premeditated, um, you know, the way he treats you and, and his, I mean, he is so cunning, and he has a plan to entrap you mentally first. And when he raises his voice, when he raises his voice, if you don't recognize it then and you, and you don't say at that moment, hold on a minute, you know, do not speak to me that way. If you say that, it'll never happen. But if he grooms you and says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, and you forgive him and everything is great, that's when he knows he has you. And that's when the heart loves him more and more with those tender moments when he apologizes for making up. And he does that repeatedly over and over and over and over. You know, and you're yes. so far into that situation, it's hard to just leave. So these guys are, yeah, really. you know, they're they're incredible. You think that they're just amazing. Oh yeah, they, I mean they're they, incredible individuals, and I, um, you know, I've seen it. I even witnessed it. You know, so I, I definitely know they crafted. And and I'm not saying it's easy to leave. Of course, if it was, you a million people would have left the the abuse by now. You know, yeah, yeah. I just wish it was. I wish it was easy. I think we probably all wish it was at some point, but it's not. But um, you know, one of the things that I like to like like to see that we we are uh, continue. Well, what we're doing is continue to educate. I know Pastor Dickler. I mean, man. I mean, his show is is phenomenal, and uh, he raises awareness on this topic every week. And um, and I see you going in on on the stage play, man, and which I would love to see this stage play. Uh, I would love to see. Um, it's, it's in Miramar, I think you said, right? Yes, right. the Miramar Cultural Center, and tickets go on, two, go on sale Tuesday morning, Christmas Eve. Tickets will be on sale at the theater, box office, or on at their website. Yes, ma'am, and I, I'm definitely going to uh, give a couple of those tickets and maybe give them away myself, too. So um, that, that's pretty much it, uh, Pastor Thickland, man. I'm just listening to the show, and I'm very moved and motivated every time I listen to the show. You guys got a great topic going. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really do, Mike. Thank you so much. Now, I'm going to probably lose the studio audience. This show has been so great. We've gone past the time, and if I lose you, uh, uh, Cynthia, we're going, to, we're going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be talking on this week. For those of you that are listening today, please go back and listen to the rebroadcast of the show anytime that you like. I know that we've lost the audience, and I'm not sure. I think I may have lost Cynthia. Are you still there with me? No, I'm still here. And Christmas. Okay. Okay. Christmas so we do. Super Bowl is the highest statistically in domestic violence. Absolutely. So we're talking about the Super Bowl coming up, and definitely that, that is one of those times where we see a higher rate of calls coming in for domestic violence and those things do happen. What we're going to do, 
Okay, and I think I have lost the Internet audience. I still have a phone audience that are listening here because actually we have come to the end of the show, but it has been such a great success. Uh, and it's been a great show. There are many people that are on the line that are still listening, uh, and, and, and those that were also on the Internet, they were gone. But, Cynthia, what I would love to do, I would love okay. to uh, uh, to to uh, schedule if we could that on next Monday if it's at all possible that that okay. way I can advertise it. Um, you know that we will be able to have you on as a guest, and that, by that time we'll have had the opportunity to also get out uh, more advertisement about the stage play, uh, uh, broken but not battered. Uh, battered but not broken, I should say, uh, and that that's going to be out, and we'll have a chance to really uh, kind of uh, raise this issue, make sure that it gets out, and really try to get a great uh, following here in the South Florida area. Absolutely, and actually, I'll say the tickets. The tickets go on sale in the morning. Absolutely, and, um, tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, yes. Well, I'm going to look to get that link, and I'm going to uh, uh, um, put that link uh, throughout my pages here, and I'm going to invite my friends to do it as well. And uh, oh, as I do, as I do that, and I'm going to, I want to get that link. I want to make it a part of my daily uh, program. I will find a way to be able to pin it. So it'll stay okay. at the top of our page, and uh, and uh, we are going to do everything that we can because it is an important message. You know, even as we speak and as we get ready to sign off tonight, even as we speak, mothers have lost their daughters, fathers have lost their daughters, they've lost their sons due to this issue of domestic violence. This issue of domestic violence have have hit families in a way that uh, that is unbelievable. Even as I speak today, the issue of violence and domestic violence go far and deep, and I'm looking forward. I didn't get a chance to get our, uh, our uh, the president of uh, Soul of America Radio on. Uh, hopefully I can get him on in time on next week because I know that he, he, he will keep us. He, he's going to share with us. I'm going to ask him to share with us just some tremendous tragedies that have happened even a more recent, even in the state of Alabama, uh, the case of the young girl uh, here just the other day being killed over a cell phone by two young men, uh, and, and then other cases just around that we're seeing that are happening. We're seeing uh, these things that are just totally devastating families, devastating communities, children left without parents. These things ought not be, and yet it's still they are troubling our communities in such a great way. And, Cynthia, I am so glad to have had you on. Uh, I look forward to us not only speaking on tomorrow, but I look forward to us continuing to do this work. We started about a week ago. We were totally made aware yes. of this, and we're going to move forward inside of it. And I do believe that we're going to see not only an awareness, but we're going to begin to see a revolution as it turns as it relates to the issue of domestic violence. Amen. We have to take Absolutely. a stand, and we're going to make a difference. So once again, thank you so very much for being with My us tonight. My pleasure. My pleasure. And, uh, and I'm looking forward. So next week, we look forward to having you on. I'm going to have the president of um, of Solo America Radio on uh, Mr. Tony Stallings, because there are some okay. issues. And, and, and the thing I, I will say this as we get ready to leave, 
Tony has done so many things. He's a former law enforcement officer, and he saw a lot of these things happen. And now I just simply call him, he is a crusader. He's an advocate. Uh, he's, a, he's a drum major for justice on so many ends. And uh, when he approached me over a year ago about coming on doing this show, he had followed me on Facebook and a lot of my posts, and he said the Lord dealt with him to offer me a spot on his network. Wow. And that is how this was birthed as a result of that. And uh, every commercial that you hear, he has produced, he has made it happen. And it's his commitment to this cause. And uh, uh, he's passionate about these things. And, and it, it takes those type of individuals. And so, Cynthia, yes. I look forward to it. I will be speaking to you and to all of our okay. audience that are listening. They can go back and listen to the playback at any time, www.soulofamericaradio.com. Go to Hope and Healing. Uh, uh, tab and just simply go to the show that is uh, on tonight, uh, December 23rd. And for those of you that are also listening, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Have a happy holiday. We look forward to being back with you on uh, next Monday. But in the meantime, be safe and don't forget, let peace be on earth and let it begin with you. God bless you. And until next time, this is J.R. Thicklin, along with Cynthia Wilson. And we bid you a good night. God bless. Truth is, I'm tired. Options are few. I'm trying to pray. But where are you? I'm altered down. Hurt and abused. I can't say what's left to do. Come on. Truth is, I'm weak. You ready? Thank y'all. No strength to cry. No tears to cry. Even if I.